0: All right. So, uh, happy Thanksgiving, Justin, uh, and everyone, we haven't made a, uh, an episode of this podcast in about two weeks. We took, we took the week off for Thanksgiving. So we apologize for that. Um, but it was in respect of the holiday. Uh, so excuse us, uh, Justin, how was your Thanksgiving week? Uh, how was your Thanksgiving in general? Um, what what are you thankful for?
1: Um, it was good. I got to go down to the beach. It was kind of non-traditional this time. Uh, yeah, I got to go down the beach and and celebrate with some family and and uh, yeah. I mean, it, it was good, and I am thankful for um, yeah, family, friends, hockey, and I think health, which I think is something people kind of forget about a lot, but health for sure.
0: Wow, that was a pretty uh. Yeah. That was a pretty lame answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting something like I don't know, not extremely generic, Justin. You know, we kind of have a oh. we have a podcast here. You know, you're supposed to. I am specifically
1: spice it up. <laughs> I am specifically thankful for Andre Sveshnikov's lack of ice time. All right,
0: that you you managed to um, you managed to get even worse. So we're just gonna forget about that we're we're just gonna we're just gonna move on i think um moving on uh so the last time we talked uh the the hurricanes had lost five or no they they had just ended their losing streak but uh they uh they won a game then they lost again and then we were kind of sitting here pretty puzzled about what was going on uh and I, I think it's safe to say that we're both equally as puzzled now uh, with with what has happened over the last two weeks. So the week of Thanksgiving, Cam Ward comes back to town and he loses. Uh, he did a lot of losing in Carolina and that continued. Uh, 3-2 overtime win. Uh, a few days later, the Blue Jackets, uh, a completely flat effort, uh, four goals on 24 shots against Starling. Uh then this is where things started to get interesting. The uh, the New Jersey game. a Two goals in the first 30 seconds. Uh, Ferland and Williams, it was pretty intense early, and then they kind of just shut it down and were able to do so successfully from there. 2-1 uh, win there. Then the Maple Leafs came to town, and they beat the Maple Leafs, apparently. Um, then... The Panthers came to town, and on Black Friday they won four to one. Jordan Martinuk has first NHL hat trick. That was very fun. The Islander game uh, was not fun, and they lost four to one. And Darling allowed four goals on twenty nine shots. Oh, I'm sorry, nineteen shots. Four goals on nineteen shots. That's pretty terrible. Uh, and then a two one win last night when we're recording this, and when this will uh, come out today on Wednesday. Uh, Jake Bean NHL debut got called up, uh, proceeded to play very little. And Rask scored his first goal of the year. Also, he's back. I mean, we haven't made an episode since Rask is back, uh, but he's back. And um, the thing that no one's talking about from from that game, uh, Curtis McElhaney made 48 saves on 49 shots. Um, uh, Yeah, uh, it's a bell center record for the most saves from an opposing goalie. Uh, ever in that arena so what uh what the hell
1: justin <laughs> i wish i knew i wish i knew um yeah i mean they're they're an interesting bunch right now i've said that many times this season yeah. about them and, it, and it's gonna continue uh i think you know five wins in seven games is very nice standings wise um I, I, it's just – it's the way in which they do it is so interesting. Um, I think my favorite two games of the past two weeks, I guess to say, would be the Devils and Panthers games. Um, the Devils games showed probably the most complete defensive effort mm-hmm. that um, that the Hurricanes have put forth this season. Um, yeah, it's it, – it, I think a very important thing with them is, is fast starts. So getting those two goals in the first thirty seconds was huge. I mean, just to kind of set the tone. You thought they were going to keep piling it on from there, and maybe that's what they intended. But they just ran into you know a, a hot backup goalie, I guess, and James Reimer. Um, but oh, you mean uh, uh, you mean Corey yeah.
0: Schneider? You're talking oh, about excuse the Panther me. game. Excuse We're talking me. About I was the, thinking uh, about the Panthers. Yeah, apologize I mean, for of that. Of course, everybody's talking yeah, yeah. about the Panthers nowadays. I mean, they're so yeah. disappointing. <laughs>
1: uh. <laughs> um, yeah, the Devils game. So, yeah, with, with Snyder and stuff like that. So, I think, yeah, the defense just played really well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and there, there's no back-breaking fluke goals in there. You know, they go up yeah. two goals, they get that goal, you know, the they eventually the devils eventually crack the surface there, but um, you know, they just buckled down and, and, and played well. Um what, what I like I think that's what
0: what I liked about that New Jersey game was how they uh and and Rod Bernamore said this after the game, uh it never felt like New Jersey was going to score in that third period. Um this team, when they have taken one goal leads into the third period, it's always been kind of an adventure because they're young and they make mistakes and they probably overthink things uh, a lot of the time. But that New Jersey game was their best example of locking it down in in the third period. It was um, you could have looked at it from a lens of they didn't get much going offensively, but I think that they will take what they got from that New Jersey third period because they, they just didn't give the devils any real opportunities to score. And, and when Curtis McElhinney, who, who we'll talk about a lot in this episode, of course um, when he was playing as well as he has been, um, he had, he didn't have to make a whole lot of really difficult saves in that third period, which I thought was impressive because they were able to lock that down.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, it was good to see from each pairing. You know, just anytime each pairing stepped on the ice, I mean, they were just they were just good at shot suppression, and also, yeah. you know, again, the backbreaking goals with this young team when it happens or the timing of it, and you know when they're going to cave. They, they've had a few mm-hmm. breakdowns um, this this season so far, but um, just. The reassurance, I think, with McElhinney and Nett definitely helped in that Devils win. And as for the Panthers' win, um, you know, it was very unfortunate that Luongo got hurt. But, um, yeah, they they just played an, another complete effort. This time a little more offensively, seeing that, you know, the Walmart-Martinuk, um, you know, pairing for sure. And, and Sveshnikov played a great game as well. Um, and just seeing that line go at it, I mean, it, it, was, it was really reassuring. And, I mean, good on Martinuk for his first hat trick of course but um again it's just all around effort again and i think that's what they just have to continuously bring um as we move into december
0: for sure um i guess i guess let's just talk about uh curtis mcelaney a little bit so it's pretty wild when you think about um just just this whole season and and how it's come together uh, for, for this team. It, if it wasn't for Darling getting hurt in the final preseason game, the Hurricanes would not have claimed Curtis McElhaney in all likelihood. Um, they might have. Uh, I, I, there were reports that they were going to think about doing it anyway, but the urgency that was really there to, to claim McElhaney, and he was claimed two days before the season started. Um, and, and the assumption at that point was that he would be on the team for a few weeks and then Darling would get back and then he'd be put right back on the waiver wire. But, uh, I mean, it's 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 about to be December and Curtis McElhaney's is the starting goalie of the Hurricanes. And it's it's kind of to the point now where I don't think it's really debatable. Uh, he, he has far and away been the best goalie of the three. Uh each goalie has pretty much played a third of the games. Uh, McElhaney's played nine, Mrazic eight, Darling seven. So, I mean, we have pretty much the same uh, sample size for all of these goalies, and it's just not even close. McElhaney's been way better than both of them. Um, he's been, like, league-wide good. Like, he's a 930 save percentage and 7-2 and in nine starts. That's pretty ridiculous. Um over his last four starts, he's won all four of them, and he has a nine sixty-seven save percentage. He's allowed five goals on 150 shots. Uh, that's pretty pretty remarkable. And I think it's a really weird position for the Hurricanes to be in now because um, they have one really hot goalie in, in McElhaney, and now they, they have to ride that until it falls off because it will eventually fall off. Uh, He's a career backup for a reason. Uh, He can have these hot streaks of, of play, but it's not going to last forever. Especially since he's 35. Um, But what they have to figure out now is how they want to handle the second goalie position. Uh, Whether that's, the backup for now which and then turns into more of the 1A once McElhaney cools down uh or 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 what have you um it's just it's it's really difficult because Mrazek and Darling have p- honestly been pretty similar uh to date McElhane or not McEl- uh Pierre Mrazik, though doesn't have a 4x4 contract in place which kind of adds to this whole thing um Justin, how do you handle this kind of awkward backup goalie position now?
1: Well, I think it's pretty strange in the first place that they ended up picking up Curtis McElhaney. Um, If you go to the pass regime under Ron Francis, there's been players of you know decent quality you're never going to find a superstar of course on the waiver wire but there's been players of decent quality I'm sorry
0: uh, on there. Uh, I would, I would appreciate if you showed some respect to uh Andre Nestrushel please
1: <laughs> Oh excuse me <laughs> superstar Andre Nestrushel <laughs> thank you Oh my gosh anyways um yeah so i i think it's kind of unorthodox you know and it kind of shows the new regime and Don Waddell and and now, you know, new owner Tom Dundon um, on on how they perceive and how they want their team to operate. It has been a blessing in disguise. I didn't think much of it when it originally picked him up. Um and yeah, everybody knew this this situation was gonna come where you're gonna be stuck with three healthy goalies. Um, you know, when Darling came back, then morazek kind of got hurt almost like immediately after, and we still haven't seen fully healthy Peter morazek yet. Um, so yeah, it's going to get pretty awkward. I think, I think far and away, you have to keep McElhaney. Um, there's no point to let him go. Yeah. I guess you could make the age, um, situation, but with the way he's playing lights out, they need him so much. Yeah. They just need him. Unbelievably. So, um, now as for Morazic and Darling in a perfect world, I think most fans or the org, how the organization could benefit from this is, you know, he somehow goes on waivers and is completely claimed. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Based on his contract, its length, and unless a team was outrageously desperate for goaltending, which the Hurricanes kind of still are. (laughs) Um, I think the tough part about this is, is the person Scott Darling is. Um, we, we saw, you know, kind of over the summer, this redemption tour more or less and, and how he, you know, got to a good point in his life and started, you know, um, you know, just kind of working out harder and, and getting in shape for the season. And it kind of got derailed early with an unfortunate injury in, you know, a last preseason game, which is probably, you know, that's just the most unlucky bounce you can kind of get. Yeah. Um, but now that he's back and healthy, it's kind of the still the same product we saw last year. Um, you know, we kind of expected Darling to take the bulk of the starts last year and Cam Ward ended up having to take over because they just needed something competent in net. Now, I'm not sure really how you get rid of Darling. The best case scenario, I guess, other than a waiver claim, which is probably highly unlikely at this point, is you're going to have to retain 50% in a trade. I mm-hmm. I I bet a team would like to maybe take a gamble at half that cap hit cuz 2 million for a backup goalie in the in the NHL isn't that bad. It's not it's not that's terrible. Reasonable. You know. Yeah. Of course you would yeah, you would love to have a a minor league one at a 925 or something like that, yeah. but it's just not it's not going to happen all the time. So 2 million is reasonable, but it's just a matter of getting takers and whether that's someone desperate like the Philadelphia Flyers, who also have a goaltending problem and can't seem to figure it out until they, just put they feel Pickard Carter Hart is ready. Yeah, and they just put Captain Pickard on waivers. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know if there's any takers. I guess um, I'm not too familiar with Luongo's injury. I don't know how long that would be. Maybe that would be a fit there. Um, but it, yeah, best case scenario is you get someone to take that. Now, if you can't do that, I feel like you're forced to keep Darling because Morazic is the more expendable in that sense um, because of his team-friendly contract and its length, too, with only being one year. Yeah. But with that being said, I feel like he – you said they kind of played similar. The numbers kind of say it, but I feel like Morazic has made saves in situations yes. where I'm not sure Darling would have done the same thing. I agree with that. So – I feel like Murazic's numbers would level out given a larger sample size I agree with that and I think he and I think he still needs that because McAney's not gonna carry I highly doubt he's gonna play 60 games this year or something outrageous <laughs> I feel like his numbers will also kind of level out and you're gonna need to split the load you want a 30 you know however old he is now 35 36 um, 48. You kind of need <laughs> it feels like it sometimes. <laughs> He's like these kids celebrating on yeah. my lawn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, like I, I feel like yeah, you're gonna have to have something to balance it out. So yeah, it's a really interesting situation, but I think it's safe to say it's just the consistency from him. I mean, we saw some great saves and in, in, you know, especially in the Blackhawks game. He played yes. phenomenal, you know, 33 saves. But I don't know. You've given them ample opportunities, just too inconsistent, cost too much. And, and really, it's just time to move on in one form or the next.
0: Yeah. Um, if 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 money wasn't an object, and if we were just talking about the performance of these goalies, I think it's pretty simple to me. Uh, you keep McElhaney and Mrazek. Um I really, I really thought Darling was going to turn this around this year, to to some extent, um, and and his amazing preseason was was really promising. Um, then I think the injury really just ended that momentum that he had. Uh, that was a killer, and he hasn't been able to get back on top of it. Uh so I I don't I don't think Darling's future with with this organization is uh uh going to be that long because if 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 they get to this off season and Darling's an 890 goalie at the end of the year I mean you really think Tom Dundon's going to be okay with him being around for for two more years I think it's more likely that he get buy, bought out than than to remain on the team of course they'd rather trade them and, and retain salary. But I don't know how realistic even that is. Um, because really darling's numbers have been terrible. If, I mean, this, I mean, 20 shots and you're laying up four goals. Like that's, what's happened in consecutive games to him. Um, and he has still yet to win consecutive starts. He has yet to do that. Uh, And what? He's probably played 55 games and he has yet to win consecutive starts. Like that is, that's damning, man. Like it's, it's, it's just, it's unfortunate. And I don't think it's all his fault. Um, I think a lot of things go into, to goaltending. It's, it's not just about the save percentage. It's not just about the goals against. It's how his team is playing in front of him. And, it's just so noticeable that this team plays a lot more comfortable in front of McElhaney, in front of Marazic. Um They don't put together the kind of games that you know that they have recently, like the the uh, New Jersey game, the Florida game. They never play that kind of game in front of Darling. They just don't. Um, I don't know if it, if it's just because. Every seemingly every turn along this road over the past year or so, um, Darling has failed to live up to what he needs to be. Um, he has lost them games. I don't know if it if that plays a role in that they're scared in front of him and they're they're trying too hard to um to to keep the puck away from Darling because. I mean, look, look at McElhinney's starts. I mean, he's facing 30, 35, 40 shots a game, and he's getting great results. Meanwhile, Darling faces 20 to 25, and he'll let in four, you know? Um, I think there's a psychological thing uh, that's, that's kind of part of this, but, I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to cut and trade the entire team? and just get players who have never played with Darling and don't know about how bad he's been, I uh, no, you can't do that. Um, and, you know, that's just another factor that you have to consider in all this. Like, how well does the team play in front of the goalie? Um, they played better in front of Cam Ward. They play better in front of McElhaney. They don't play well in front of Darling. And for whatever reason that is, whether it's right or wrong, um... I mean, it's tough to blame them if that's the case, if if, if we're being mm. honest. And... I don't know, man. It's 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 an awkward situation, and the money comes into this as well. But I think McElhinney and Mrazek are the two best goalies, and you must go forward with them. If that means putting Darling in the press box the rest of the year, so be it. Um, if it means throwing them on waivers to see if anyone bites uh, so be it um, it's it's tough it's just really tough and I don't envy the position that they are in uh, them being the uh, management because uh, it's just it's really weird and it's very it's a very unfortunate situation and I know that they really hoped it wouldn't get to this point but it was a very viable impossible outcome when you looked at this entering the year and uh it's a reality now they they have two better goalies than darling and they're getting a combined paycheck of half of what darling's cap it is so it's tough and you know the next few weeks will help figure all this out uh the season's not over things can change but we just just gotta keep going and see see what happens and we will be talking about it every step along the way
1: of course yeah it's it's again it's an unfortunate situation um but i mean yeah like you said it's just a different team that plays in front Mm -hmm. of him and that's just something they can't afford in any sense of the way you're you're you can't have a nervous team you can't have a team that's going to break down if they if they let a goal in and just call it a day i mean you you have to have a team that's working hard like in the panthers win in the devils win in the in the maple leafs win um you you gotta have that so i yeah darling's not the guy in that absolutely. sense absolutely
0: um so we're here right we the Hurricanes were six, seven, and one a few weeks ago. Um, that was at the end of their their losing streak. Uh, things looked uh, pretty bad. I think it would be fair to say. Um, now on November 28th, they are 12, nine, and three. They are fourth in the division, and they have the second wild card spot after their win over Montreal last night. Um, they're six, two, and two over their last ten um are what, what like what's going on like are they are they good are they are they just super inconsistent uh what what do you think justin
1: i think they can be good if they reach their full potential i know that sounds cliche but oh, just a little um i think there's still some <laughs> there's still some uh some things from from players they haven't got out i think first and foremost and this is not a slight in the least but i don't think they've gotten everything out of dougie hamilton wow. that they, wow. they could have what a slight um,
0: in the most wow I,
1: I think i think offensively offensively you would like a little more yeah. production um we've seen what he can do and, and I think that if he's clicking on full cylinders, I mean, that adds another weapon to your offense into a team that is still somewhat starved for offense. Um, I think sorting out the bottom of the lineup is going to be key um, in, in determining if they're good. I think moving Svechnikov up should be the first step. I think he deserves more ice time. I'd really like to see him on a line with Stahl. I know that, like let him do the dirty work kind of similar to what Martinook is doing.
0: Kind of like um, the uh Just give kind of him like more uh- Stahl Aho Teravanin line last year. Stall did the dirty work and Aho and Teravanin benefit.
1: Yep. Yep. And and there's you saw their yep. numbers. And then kind of in this season. Aho and Taravine and are benefiting off of Michael Furland's dirty work. So I think when you have lines like that that don't need to be all star offense, you don't need to have a svechnikov ajo Taravine in line unless it's on a power play unit. Um, other than that, you you don't need that. You can have those those other players to kind of do the dirty work. So I would really like to see him moved up and see, you know, how the offense benefits from that because, uh, you know, I think Justin Williams. Production has been streaky. I think moving him to the third line in any capacity could benefit the team. Um, but I I think with Lucas Walmart playing the way he is, um, it's making some of the decisions tougher on the on the bottom there. Um I, I'm still not sold on Brock McGinn's play. I mean, he, you know, he'll have a bright spot every now and then, but I just I think he's expendable in that sense. And I'd really like to see Martin H. Just get called up. Um, and see see how that yeah. goes. Yanni Koukinen is also playing out of his mind. Um, you know, it's been very good. Um, Zekov's now back. That's cool. But I, I think when you kind of get a little bit more influx of that young talent, I, I'd really like to see where they go. But at, are they good? I think they're competent. I want to see a even bigger streak. You know, they had a three-game win streak. I would like to see them put up, like, yeah, five yeah before before I can fully say that. I want to see them play a good game against a good team like they did with the Maple Leafs and not play a stinker like they did against the Islanders, a lesser team, even though, yeah, they're okay this year. A lesser team regardless, you know, just two games later. Like, I don't know. It's just – it's hard to say where they're going to be at the end of this season if we just don't see consistent efforts. The wins are starting to pile up a little bit more, which is good. Um, but i think i i don't know i would just like to see streaks a little bit more
0: yeah and, and after the new jersey game justin williams said that too he said um we start we gotta get rolling here we gotta we gotta get going you know like we uh we need to hit our stride and and start piling up some wins and and, and to their credit they have since he said that they're two and one and um, wait, no, they're three and one since he said that. And that was after a win. So they've won four, their last five. Um, Are they good? I mean, they're as good as their goalie is. Um, I mean, you saw it dark. It's, it's, it's really hard to believe that the same team played against that play against Toronto and Florida uh, also played against the Islanders. And the only difference was the goalie. So, I mean, if Curtis McElhaney is, is you know, playing like he has been, then they're going to win most of their games and they're going to be a playoff team. Um, the problem is that I don't think that's going to last very long. Um, I think he's going to have these stretches of insane play. But, I mean, he's human and he's 35 and this is the real world and he's going to fall back down a little bit at some point. Uh, that's when you need a guy like Peter Mrazek to to step up and and you know really be the second half of that tandem uh, or or even Darling just just I, one of them needs to step up. Granted, I don't think Darling's going to play for a while. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he is uh, sitting in the press box for a good long while, um, barring an injury or something unforeseen happening. Um, so yeah, I think they're as good as their goalie, and I think at best they can they can sneak into a playoff spot at the end, or the bottom can can kind of fall out, and they they finish in the bottom ten. I I think there's there's a relatively high ceiling for this team, uh, and there's a relatively low floor for the ceiling, or for, not for the ceiling, a uh, relatively low floor for the team. Uh, it, it really depends on a whole bunch of stuff, youth. Of course, Svechnikov producing, that would be a big help. I think at some point he's going to get a look with Rask and probably Martin Natchez uh, in the next few weeks. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see that line come together here soon. Uh, Yanni Koukenden's been great, like you said. Uh, I think he's been ready for the NHL for a little bit now. I would love to see him come up. Um, they got to get Brett Pesci back who is still injured. Hayden Fleury is injured. Hayden Fleury was playing his best NHL hockey ever before he got a late concussion against the Panthers. So that was concerning. Hopefully he's back soon. It doesn't seem like it's too serious, but concussions are tricky. Um, One awkward player is uh, Valentin I I would not at all be surprised if within, you know, just like whenever that he's going to be traded because I don't think he fits on this team. He's a one-way contract. Um, it it just—it's just not a fit for him under Brendamore. Uh, you have to be fast and you have to be mobile and you have to, you know, make plays up the ice uh, to really be good in in on this team. And Zekov is just not able to do that. I don't think he has the foot speed. I don't think he's mobile enough to to do what he has to do uh, in order to get ice time. Uh, I, I think his presence on the power play is valuable, but I don't think it's valuable enough to warrant him being on the roster that much longer. So I wouldn't be surprised if they try to trade him or put him on waivers or something. Um, I, I I just wouldn't be surprised by that.
1: Yeah, it seemed like Elliot Friedman and, and Chris Johnson were kind of talking about, um, you know, it was about a month ago or something about them moving Zekov potentially and I think you know he could get he could get a late round pick back I mean I don't I don't think it's going to be anything that's going to wow Canes fans but if you know you could utilize that pick later on whether that's you know maybe getting a late round steal or, or using it to move up in a later draft um you know I think it'd benefit I think there's just a lot of young talent in Charlotte that's that's going to make its way up soon and I think Zekov's kind of the odd man out in that situation um and there's a lot of players right now that are playing well enough on the roster, uh, to not, you know, be deemed to move. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting, but I I think another thing about this team being good that you're going to figure out, um, they're going into the trap games. And what I like to call the trap game is the California road trip. Um, it always seems like they never perform. And it's weird because normally it seems like it happens in October, kind of around where the state fair is. Um, but that was different this year. So, yeah, they're going into the trap. They're going to play L.A., San Jose, and Anaheim, um, you know, in a row at the beginning of December. So that it's going to be really telling. Uh, and then you're going to play six of your next seven games at home so before Christmas. So I think, yeah, you're going to learn a lot about this team in December. I think we kind of talked about that back in October and November looking ahead at the schedule where you know you start to play some of those division opponents where you can really make some ground if you start stringing wins together but if you start slipping yeah that could make or break your season I I think December is a really important month for them um, and and to prove that this team is is legit or not
0: all right so I I agree with pretty much all that December is going to be pretty telling for this team and I think there might be maybe a player or two that might get called up at some point in December. Uh, Justin, those Charlotte Checkers are winning again. And uh, you know what? They're also doing it with another goalie who's not Alex Nedeljkovic, because apparently he's he doesn't have to start every single game ever. Um, Justin, the Checkers, give us give us the lowdown.
1: I I mean <laughs> get out to Charlotte when you can to watch a game. I mean, it's they're really something special. Um I've covered a few game. I mean, I've covered every home game except for one and that was over Thanksgiving actually. Um and you go into the stadium not thinking that hey, they're going to blow this. You you really feel confident when you're in there because this team is just stacked from top to bottom. Um I, I think their offense is just one of the best in the league, and, and I mean, they can roll four lines that are pretty much dangerous from top to bottom. Um, they have two pretty solid goalies. I mean, I would say this is where it kind of get interesting, and you and I have had this conversation a lot. Um, yeah, you don't have to st- start Alex and Nadelkovic every single game. Um, Callum Booth is a really... Talented prospect. Um, he is very positionally sound. He's good at looking through screens. He's just a big body in net, which also helps in today's NHL. Um, and I, I don't know. He's just he, a really calming force. He, so.
0: he is the best goalie prospect that the Hurricanes have.
1: It's not Alex Nedeljkovic, and that's yeah, and that's not a hot take. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of people's perception is that it is Nedeljkovic. With him winning, yeah, but that is a product of the team in front of him more so than the goalie. Can
0: I? Can I? Um, can I run this by you? Um,
1: go ahead. When
0: I watch Nedeljkovic, it feels like I'm watching Anton Hudobin. It feels like I'm watching a Hudobin clone because he's small, he's just wild and crazy and quirky in the net. Um, he just reminds me so much of of Hudobin and. It's not a bad thing. I mean, there's a place for Anton Hudobin in the hockey world, um, but he's not a starter. Uh, and that's assuming N- Nadelkovich can even get to that level that Hudobin's at where he can be a backup on a good team. Um, but when I watch Callum Booth, I mean, you see the calmness. He's six, four. I mean, he has the perfect frame that you'd look for. Uh, he was great in the QMJHL in his uh, junior career. Um, he just to me he looks like a far better uh like starting goalie traditional kind of mold like that 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 the hurricanes need uh so I'd love to see him get more starts. What do you think about the uh hudobin Nedelkovic comparison
1: no I, I think that's fair. He kind of plays in a in a frantic manner, kind of like Hudobin, but the difference between Hudobin and Nadelkovich is hudobin has explosive movements he's able to make that big save. Um, And his side to side is really good, um, you know, but I don't think Nadelkovic has that. And I think his size is eventually going to catch up to him. Um, I think, in my opinion, and I believe yours, they should turn their attention more to developing Callum Booth. Absolutely. Um, Whether that means more starts. Now, Mike Bellucci is a great guy, first and foremost, but he's kind of set in his ways in that aspect where... He's very familiar with Nadelkovic. Um, so he's not going to go out there and start stringing together three or four straight starts for Callum Booth. It's just not going to happen um, until Nadelkovich, I think, starts messing up. He, he wants. I think Volucci wants a reason to start Booth more often, but I think in terms of development, you've got to get Booth with more starts. I, I really think he is going to be a solid prospect for them. And I'm not getting on a hype train in any sort of way. I, I just really think he's the better. Prospect. I'll get on the
0: hype train. But, Callum Booth is going to be a starter for the Hurricanes in five years. Book it.
1: Five,
0: five okay, years. Not, how five about, how years. about three? How about three?
1: We'll go with three. I think, we'll go you with want three. to know what I think
0: they should do? Um, I think after this season, they should just throw every goalie out the window. And I'm not even kidding. I'm, I mean, not literally throw him out a window, but I mean, get him out. Um, Remove all three goalies. um, Unless McElhaney's like a Vesna candidate or something, which he won't be. Um, (laughs) I think that they should get a starting goalie. And hear me when I say this. A starting goalie, not a backup goalie who wants to be a starter and uh, seems like a good guy um, or a former starting goalie that has sucked recently. Uh, and is no longer able to be a starter, but would like to take a one-year tryout to try his best. Um, I don't. I'm not interested. Get a. I don't care what you have to trade. Trade something. Sign Br- Bobrovsky or something, um, and sign a legitimate starting goalie. From there, I think that they should make Alex Nedeljkovic the backup. Um, I think that he should back up whoever's the number one next year um let him let him let him play his 15 games or whatever in the NHL and in the AHL Callum Booth is the starter. I think he should be the starter um for the checkers next year just I, I even if Nedeljkovic isn't ready um you gotta you gotta just see if he is. I mean, you gotta just at this point I I just I think he is what he is and I just I I want to see if he can, manage to be a backup goalie in the NHL and when that starting goalie that you uh, that you get over the offseason which I know they won't because they're gonna make it more difficult than it has to be um, when, <laughs> when he uh, eventually leaves the organization in two or three years uh, because uh, his career went down the drain because the hurricanes are goalie hell. Um, then after he goes, then Callum Booth starts in 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 Raleigh. That's what I think the perfect situation would be. Next season, new starter or a real starter. Nedeljkovic backs him up. Booth gets all the starts in Charlotte, and then go from there.
1: That's what I think. Well, I mean, <laughs> your theory. I don't know what they're going to do, um, <clears throat> but your theory is definitely interesting. Um. I, I think that yeah, a Nadelkovich as a backup, don't even dare put him in a starter conversation yeah. yet. I don't even know if he's a truly competent starter in the NHL <laughs> yeah, yet. I, I can't I can't fully say that he is a Thatcher Demko. He is a Carter Hart. He's he is not. not. Yeah. He's not. So don't get your hopes just up. A, just your Come reminder, <laughs>
0: uh Thatcher Demko has picked one pick ahead of Alex Nadalkovich. Yeah. So um Ow. Al, yeah, I yeah, I think I <laughs> the goalie of the future for the Vancouver Yeah, Techs. I think about that a lot sometimes cuz he's like the best goalie prospect or him and him and Carter Hart are, are top 3 goalie prospects in all of hockey.
1: Yeah. So, but in that in that theory, if somehow Nadelkovic is the backup next year, which could be a possibility, um that also gives you more time to develop Jeremy Helvig who would get called up to be a backup mm-hmm. um, in that situation to Callum Booth. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I would, yeah. All in all, I think what Brett and I are trying to say is Callum Booth should get more starts. Mm-hmm. He should get more opportunities to play um, and not just in relief appearances when basically Nadelkovich already crapped the bed. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think he, he is definitely someone to keep... Your eye on down in Charlotte. Um, as for the rest of the team, again, they're just performing well in all three zones. Um, the most interesting, I think, has been Jake Bean. He gets the call up in Montreal. You and I have watched him closely. He's he's got to bulk up. I mean, that's I think that's the most apparent. Yeah. Thing. yeah. He's got to bulk up. He's very lanky, and I'm not one to say that myself. I'm six foot four, like, uh, and just a long dude. Yeah, like yeah. it's yeah. I, I he he's really but just got a bulk up because you're not
0: a professional hockey player. So that's not I much of not a problem for I'm not a professional hockey
1: player. I don't pretend to be one. I am I am so far from it. But um with that said, yeah, he he's got a bulk up. There's been there was multiple times this past weekend watching some of the games where he just got muscled off pucks and turned it over because he was simply just not big enough. Um I think what do we do? We send him to Gary Roberts and, and call it a day, or, or how does that work? <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I think I think that's foolproof. <laughs> I think I think. Uh, how about this? How about over the summer, Jake Bean and Julian Gauthier uh, just spend time together and and just just oh, see yeah. if um, I think if Jake Bean just from being around uh, Julian Gauthier over the summer, just being in his presence, I think he'll gain thirty pounds in muscle. And I think he'll be a top four defenseman right away.
1: Doesn't have to lift a weight yeah, at all. He just all. needs, he just just needs to look at,
0: you know, they should have like 10 hours a day. You just, you Jake Bean, just look at Julian Gauthier and just picture yourself, um, instead of being 115 pounds soaking wet, maybe envision yourself being like 220, like like good old Julian Gauthier. Um, I, I yeah, but he he needs to put on a lot of weight. Um, you know who? I was going to say you know who also needs to put on a lot of weight. Um, it didn't wouldn't have really made sense if I had said that. But um I'm trying to transition to the Toronto stuff. So Nylander, <laughs> Nylander.
1: Uh, you know who needs to put on weight? William, William Nylander, Nylander needs to lift yeah, 500 pounds why, per day.
0: That's why. That's why Toronto hasn't signed him yet. Um. No, but so how is what's today? Today's the 28th. So we're going to get a solution of some sort for William Nylander um, in the next couple of days. So that will finally be over. Um, We can finally put it behind us. Uh, Of course, the next tricky thing is Marner and Matthews also need extensions and they're going to get a lot of money. Um, How you see it kind of panning out.
1: Well, I mean, I'm just glad that we're gonna have a decision by the end of this week. Um, oh man, it's been it's been a long few months, really. Um, I think you know the original thought was, oh, he's gonna sign by training camp, and when he didn't, you thought he was gonna sign by the season, and then when he didn't, then then you started getting worried, and then that's when the trade rumors came in. Now trade rumors have died down, so I mean, there's no more kind of like Pesci for Nylander, you know, situation and stuff like that, but. Toronto really does have the bargain, bargaining chips in this situation. Um, Kyle Dubas can really control this. Um, I understand William Nylander wanting what he thinks he's worth. There is no reason he should take less money because, to, to win a championship. I, that may sound greedy, but if you think you're, you know what you're worth, there's no reason he should sign an eight-year deal, technically, or is this seven year while he's still an RFA? Is it eight or seven? I think it's I think it's eight. It's eight because it's yep. yeah yeah. Oh, um, <clears throat> there's no reason he should take less off of what money he should probably earn over that time frame in order to accommodate the Toronto Maple Leafs because they made a decision this past off season and that was going out to get John Tavares. It definitely helps their situation. It puts them as a legitimate threat for a Stanley Cup, but. but william nylander was part of that initial core um (laughs) so i i don't blame him for getting what he wants but in toronto's aspect they can literally just make him sit for a while until they, they force him in i think what basically goes down is he's gonna sign a bridge deal before saturday um i think he's i think the initial ask was Dubas kept saying he wants some long term, we're going to do it, we're going to make it make sure it happens, but I don't think that's going to end up actually happening before Saturday's deadline. I think he's going to sign a bridge deal, whether that's like a 2 or 3 year deal or, or something like that and 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 then taking that lower cap hit of like 6.5 to 7. Um I think he's worth more. We've seen what he has done in just two seasons there. He's put up 60 points in each of those two seasons. And his ceiling's a lot, I think, higher than that. Um, so I, I'm, I commend him. I think it's kind of crazy how Toronto media has kind of turned on him so quickly. Um, but then they're in the conversation talking about Mitch Marner could make $11 million. What? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. That's just insane. Yeah. That's insane. They're ostracizing a player that is technically a very important part of their core. Um, and then in the next breath, saying, is, is Marner you know an MVP candidate already? Mitch Marner is a really good player. He's a very talented player. I don't think he's $11 million on his next extension player. No way. That's Austin Matthews' money. Um, so I, <laughs> I just don't get it. I don't get it. I feel like we're going to... As, as fans of the NHL in general, we're going to be in for a rough next year, basically, until they all sign extensions or until this is all solved out. Um, because it's just getting unbearable. It's getting unbearable. I agree.
0: I mean, it kind of lost its uh, lost the fun after, like, three weeks of it. And now it's kind of like, all right, let's just get it done now. Um, <laughs> speaking of getting it done now, uh, I think that's a podcast. Um Thank you for listening to the Canes Country Podcast. We really do appreciate uh, you listening to us. Uh, I hope that you had a wonderful holiday season, and I hope it continues to go well as we uh, near that uh, December 25th date, um, another somewhat popular holiday is coming up. So I hope you all enjoy that. We will be making several more podcasts before then. But for now, thank you for listening to the Canes Country Podcast. Justin, where can they follow you on Twitter?
1: They can follow me at Lanky I provide Charlotte Checkers coverage. And I also have a very interesting feature coming up for them.
0: Very cool. That's a tease. Um, I'm sure it will be fantastic. And I'm going to very much enjoy it. Um, You can follow me on Twitter. At Brett underscore finger you can follow kane's country on twitter at kane's country you can follow kane's country on instagram at kane's country Picks p-i-x uh go to kane's country.com read all the things that we write because it's usually good um sometimes it's not but it's it's usually good um kind of like this podcast uh sometimes or it's actually kind of different because sometimes the podcast is good um but most of the time it's bad so thank you for listening thank you for reading. Thank you for interacting with us and enjoy the hockey over the next week. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Yay.